755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves rider for The Athletic, and I'm with my co-host Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's happening, Eric, out in Seattle? All kinds of chaos, but uh, I'm glad baseball is pretty close. First workout tomorrow, right? can see the whites of its eyes. First workouts tomorrow. Guys have been getting tested the last couple of days. Haven't heard anything yet from the Braves. I guess no news is good news. But, uh, you know, I'm almost expecting one or two people from most teams to get test positive. It's just the odds of it, you know? I mean, if you test that many Americans, that's the percentage. What is it? uh, The percentage of people that are testing positive. You just got to think there's going to be some positive tests. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, how – First of all, with all the HIPAA rules or whatever, you know wh- right. whether that info comes out or how teams go about letting that info out. But yeah, you got to assume somebody, and pretty much every organization has it, and at least test. You know, have a few guys test positive. Yeah, this problem you've, you you refer to the HIPAA rules. Uh, teams are, have talked about. Some teams have already said they're not going to say when players go on if they go on the COVID nineteen injured list, which. I understand why they're not going to because they don't want it to affect them. What long term possible hold against them in arbitration that, you know, this guy might have had a health issue because he had COVID 19, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember a few, it was like 2015 or 2016, all that wearable technology started coming out, like the whoop bands and you know, just yeah. different health tracking apps. And I remember having a meeting with the union and they were telling us, you know, it's probably not a good idea to give teams information under your heart rate and all these different types of uh, health issues you could have. Uh, Cause you know, it could cost you a job or something like that. And I remember the first spring that I got told that um, I was with the pirates and they did this thing where they had us lay down with all these sensors on us. Uh-huh. And it basically just tracked your overall well being. And I scored like, a, <laughs> I scored terrible on it every time. And it was crazy. Cause I did have a terrible spring too. Um, but one guy that was going to make the team that wound up being one of the, determining factors of them not um, taking him was that info they got off of him laying on the ground doing some kind of test. Um, So that type of stuff, I mean, that you definitely don't want any more info about your health out there for teams to look at um, than has to be. And I think most guys just view it as, you know, nothing good will come out of it. So I'm not surprised guys wouldn't like that out there, but I don't know how you're going to hide it. You know, because I don't think teams will be able to do it, you know, like a phantom hamstring or something like that to conceal it. And by not saying if if there's a guy you put on the COVID nineteen list and you say he's just going on the uh, injured list and he's you say a break. for un for uh, for yeah. uh, and not cite a reason say undisclosed reasons or decay it's going to be obvious because yeah. the other people go on the injured list you say why he has an elbow sore elbow he has a sore hamstring whatever you know so it's going to be kind of obvious when one small group of people does or one guy does goes on the injured list and you don't say why he, why he's on it. Yeah, but the team so far haven't been releasing the names. They've just said how many players they've had and whatnot, right? Yeah. Um, today, it's interesting you brought that up because Matt Gelb, our Phillies writer, he noticed uh, on the Phillies page on transactions, there were like four guys that went on the 10-day IL retroactively. Yeah, so that and, might be. <laughs> and they didn't say why. And yeah, yeah. so he, he, come, he said, you know, basically they outed those guys yeah. as testing positive because they didn't say – they didn't make the announcement. It just showed up on the transactions. And and, if, and normally they'd make that announcement, you know, why a guy went on the injured list, and they didn't even announce it went on there. So it's pretty obvious what, what they went on there with. Yeah, people covering the teams, I think, are going to be able to read between the yeah. lines enough to put that together. Um, mm-hmm. 
But yeah, you know, like they've said, you can have some long-term uh, lung damage and things like that from coming yep. through it. And you won't know, know what, what guy's symptoms or how sick they got, but it's going to be pretty hard to hide uh, guys that do get infected. Yeah. Well, hey, let me start, uh, before we get into this uh, other stuff, let me start by saying if uh, if COVID-19 had not come along and shut down the sport and, and the country, the Braves' original schedule would have had them just finishing a series at Texas New Ballpark this week, a couple of days ago, Wednesday. Uh, and they would have had Thursday off. And Friday, they would have been welcoming Angelton Simmons and Mike Trout and the Angels to town for a three-day series. Mm. So can you imagine with Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna, fireworks, 4th of July, how Angelton Simmons coming home? I mean, there would have been a huge weekend at the ballpark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's bittersweet for Braves fans to watch Andrelton sometimes, but it's still a show every time he plays. And, you know, I wish – I really uh, – that's my one thing about um, interleague that I wish it happened more because I feel like every fan should get a chance to see Mike Trout play in person. Yeah, you know, seeing a guy like that in person, it's just a different thing to watch him play for a whole series versus his highlights on TV. He's only played here one or two series in his career that I can think of. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's one thing I'd like to see change in baseball. I don't know how you do it, but – uh, it'd be nice yeah. to host almost every team every year. Oh, absolutely. They should. Especially now that you're going to have the universal DH probably after the next CBA. Yeah. You know, that's just one more reason to go ahead and do the thing, you know? Yeah. You can, yeah. You, you know, if it's, you wind up playing the, the thing about interleague now, you wind up playing kind of an unfair schedule sometimes when yeah. you're sharing teams like that in your division, you know, you might draw the, the Yankees and, you know, a division foe might draw the Orioles out of that, you know, the, the division you're matched up with. But, man, if they could find a way to make it work and be pretty fair and even, I wish every fan had got a chance to see Mike Trout play. Yeah. Well, I think you start by significantly reducing the number of uh, interdivision games. Yeah. It just There's too many. You don't need to play 18, 19 <laughs> games against every division opponent. The players out, wouldn't mind that either. Take out a couple of those series a year. And make it where you play every team in baseball at least every other year, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but, hey, at least we got baseball coming, and at least there'll be baseball Saturday at the ballpark. It'll just be a workout. Braves start working out like all the other teams tomorrow. Uh, they've been in town. Guys started arriving a couple of days ago, getting their tests, their intake testing, COVID-19, screening, all that. The self-quarantine right now until they get the results. So, haven't heard anything yet from the Braves as far as any positive test. I would think that they'd have one or two just because guys have been out all over the spread all over the continent, you know, for the last three months. And you got to get there. You got to get here to get there too. But you just got to think there's going to be one or two guys that have it. And if so, they'll probably be retroactively put on the 10 day IL and and, uh, like the Phillies did with theirs, but we'll see. Um, Let's talk a little bit about this. uh, uh, Britt was on with us a couple of days ago and then she had a story Really good story in the athletic on uh, Thursday about uh, Wednesday night. Thursday came out about this uh, informal workouts and and became a kind of a scrimmage situation, pickup games basically with with superstars in the sport down at uh, down in West Palm Beach at uh, at uh, Eric Cressy's workout facilities. The guy who's now what what is he he's now conditioning guy for the uh, guru for the for the Yankees, but he's had this training facility down there for years that a lot of the top guys have gone to. Yeah, a lot of guys are. A lot of teams are kind of hiring. You saw um, teams are doing that with some driveline employees too. But right. teams are kind of hiring these guys to oversee their coaches. Yeah, they're overseeing the whole kind of strength and conditioning program, and then also um, 
maintaining their their facilities and, and doing their business they have um, mm-hmm. in their their personal business. I mean, it's kind of I think it'd be kind of tricky, but it seems to be working out so pretty well so far. So far, no problems. Um, yeah, that's Soroka worked out with Cressy for at least a couple of winters, but he wasn't he's down to be this really winter. good. I think, I think he's back in Canada this uh, during the shutdown, but. There are a lot of people down there that uh, either li- you know live in the area or that would stay down there after spring training got shut down. So as a result, Cressy uh, Luke Jackson is is was he he made a uh, kind of a makeshift mound and was throwing in his driveway, and he gets a text. You know he's just trying to make do do whatever, and he gets a text from Eric yeah. Cressy who he works out with. He says, "Hey, by the way, we we got a bunch of guys up here. If you ever want to come up here and throw live BP." And start driving Luke right gets, when I got that text. Yeah, Luke gets in his car. He lives in Fort Lauderdale. He jumped and drove up to West Palm, and he was kind of shocked when he got there to see all the guys that were working out. Man, how far at, is uh, that? That's Couple about hours. No, no, from Fort Lauderdale, West Palm is only like 60, 60 oh, minutes. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. not bad. Yeah, it's not it's not that far, uh, especially with traffic being down as much as it's been yeah. lately. But so there were at this facility. Max Scherzer, Corey Kluber, Justin Verlander, Paul Goldschmidt, Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of guys there. And yeah, you know, not geez. all working out at the same time, but a lot of them were working out at the same time. And, and it became a situation where they're down there throwing live BPs to guys. You know, Goldie's taking BP off, you know, a Scherzer. And, you know, so it's pretty cool. We, we had talked about this, wondering if this kind of stuff was going on. And sure enough, it was down there. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. And that's that's honestly that's the competition you're hoping for. Yeah. Because a lot of guys are doing stuff where they're pitching against high school kids or just random guys in their neighborhood or seeing the same guys. Um, but if you're if you're around that type of talent, you know it's going to bring out the best competitor in you. You know you're not going to want to lose. Um, and not to mention, I heard this thing was pretty friendly where a guy like Goldschmidt yeah. would actually give you a te- like a tip after or tell you something he's seeing. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, that's a cool thing in baseball because I saw Scherzer said, you know, you want to go against the best and you want to be at your best. And you'd think most guys would, wouldn't really want to give a uh, an opponent any kind of tip to face them in the season and they beat you with it. But that mindset's what makes Scherzer so good in the first place where he's like, hey, I'll tell you everything I can to help you get better because I want you the best when you face me. Um, but it seemed like it was pretty friendly and, and productive for a lot of those guys. Yeah, so bad news for anybody out there that was hoping Max Scherzer might got a, might have gotten fat during the three month shutdown. <laughs> He's been throwing full tilt, man. <laughs> if you told me he was throwing nine inning complete games already, I'd be I wouldn't even be surprised. <laughs> uh, they they called it. They started the guys down there started calling it Prohibition Baseball or Fight Club because they didn't want people telling it, you know, letting it get out. They were kind of concerned that some teams might take it the wrong, owners might take it the wrong way or whatever, or that who knows the, the union maybe or. Or, most or if somebody got infected. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. Uh, they were worried too that that you know if it got out that they were they were working out at this ballpark there would have been you know hundreds thousands of people show up especially when they had these they played a couple of uh, nine inning games near the end of it and they didn't want people knowing that they were going to do those so they were playing these games at these about you know empty high school field at Palm Beach Gardens High School. <laughs> you imagine just you've just like you're out you know walking around or whatever and you <laughs> you say it, that looks like. Those guys look pretty good. That I'm looks like, like Max Scherzer on the back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that'd be a great day. I, I was walking through a park with my son yesterday, and we stopped and just watched some high school kids. You know, just 
I'm craving baseball so bad, but we yeah. want some high school kids practice for about 40 minutes. So if you if you stumbled upon those guys, man, that'd be <laughs> that'd be unbelievable. If you bring some popcorn and hang out. You would just you would hear the you would hear the sound of the ball hitting the mitt from a little further away than you're Doesn't used look to. Like 75, like, right there. What is going on over there? <laughs> These kids are good. <laughs> those are wait a minute. Those are men out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a couple of the things got out on uh, like uh, I think Cressy actually some of the guys wanted him to put some stuff out, you know. So I think he did put out a couple snippets, but he's got a lot of footage that he might end up using later for a full film or something. But I'd love to watch that. Because I heard they were talking a lot of smack too, you know, yeah. in between at bats or during at bats, kind of going back and forth. Yeah, that's a side of baseball that you know it's it's it has a tendency to be pretty stiff and uh, professional on the field. You don't really see that that stuff go on during games, but to to get to see guys like that thing Bauer's doing right now, where he um yeah. he just has a, a teammate come out into the desert and they they face off. Even that's, that's fun cool. to watch because. You've watched guys kind of say like, you know, give him credit, like shit, that that was pretty nasty curveball. And then he takes him deep on a different pitch and, and you know, Bauer kind of gives him credit. But watching guys go back and forth and play one on one in that sense is I mean, yeah. that's so much fun. That's that's a that's a fun part about when live BPs start, you know, in, in the first week of spring training. You're facing these guys that, that you've played alongside with, you know, for, for the prior seasons and like you get a guy like Martin Prado get in the box against you and you already respect him and you know how good he is, but there's times where I faced Prado in live BP and I didn't get a single foul ball. I mean, it was just lasers <laughs> everywhere and it, it just gives you a different respect for guys. Yeah. So that, that stuff's always cool to see. So there were more than 30 big leaguers there. There were a bunch of minor leaguers there. There were some draft picks from the recent draft that were there. So a lot of guys, because as you know, there are a ton of people, the players that live in Florida, that are from Florida that, you know, that are that live there year round because there's no tax there, state income tax. So at Krusty's facility, I didn't realize this. He said they had to use all 10,000 square feet of the facility because they wanted the guys in separate, smaller groups, you know, yeah. to, for safety reasons, safety protocol. But they have 10,000 square feet at that place. So he's doing all right with his business. Yeah, yeah. Sounds Things like are going okay right. for him. So anyway, that's pretty cool. So that's going on. Um, so those guys that were there, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if they're ahead of the game when they get back into camp, man, they're going to be, uh, I'm- well, that's kind of what I was saying about how I'd run the the taxi squad too. You know, I, I'd want game game mode every day. Whether yeah. it's, even if you yeah. can't field full teams and play full games, I'd, I'd want little side bets. I'd want something riding on it every time they show up to the park and know who they're facing that day. And a, a lot of shit talk between teammates to kind of up the ante, but you'd want to do everything you can to make it a competitive atmosphere, even if it, you know, if you're not sure you're even going to be playing for the team and you're just kind of working out, it, it could get pretty dull. So yeah, if I was running that thing, I'd really want the guys to adopt that mindset and just be as competitive as possible. Cause you, you know, you could get thrown into a major league game next week mm-hmm. at any minute. So it, hopefully that's what's going on. And, and that kind of goes back to, you know, just being young draft picks and stuff, being around guys with time in the big leagues, um, getting to compete against them would be really beneficial too. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be going up in Gwinnett. The, the Braves satellite camp there. I, th- I think it will be that too, because you're going to have it's a combination be. of a bunch of young, hungry young guys that are trying yeah, to show out, you know, make prove. a good impression. And then some French guys that are going, Hey, I'm ready. If somebody gets hurt, I'm ready to go. So you can't yeah. just, you know, the worst thing, you're not going to have guys there that are like, 
eh, just going through the motions because that'd be ridiculous, you know. I mean, what no, would you do that for? Why would you? You got to make sure your guys are are taking it serious, and it's it's hard, man. When there's no light at the end of the tunnel, it's like you see guys in AAA that that know the big league bullpen or big league rotation so stacked that they need an injury. It's yeah. so easy to go into cruise control and just be like, I'm not going to be there, and then you know that random injury happens and they get thrust in the big leagues and they're back in Gwinnett or back in AAA a week later because they weren't prepared. So it'll, it'll have to be a mindset guys adopt to really just take it serious and be ready every day. They, I mean, because literally you could have a road trip where you come home and 10 guys, guys test positive for <laughs> yeah. COVID-19. So all of a yep. sudden, you know, <laughs> you you're in you there, boys. In line. All of a sudden you're starting today. You're the team now, boys. <laughs> yeah. We need you to get it done. <laughs> So Logan Morrison was there, too, at that camp. He just signed with the Brewers this winter. He hadn't seen yeah. live pitching for six weeks. He gets to Crusty's thing, and he faced <laughs> Kluber and Scherzer back-to-back days live pitching. Live pitching. <laughs> That'll humble you. <laughs> and then he said Justin Verlander came up to him and said, uh, asked him would he mind standing in there and giving him feedback on his slider. Verlander working on a slider, searching for the field, and he wanted Morrison to stand in there and give him feedback. How cool is that? Morrison's that's like, awesome. That's awesome that he cared what I thought. <laughs> Said he got goosebumps just talking about it. Yeah, there's something, man. You know what? When you get when you get uh, praise from another major league player, especially somebody with that much clout, I mean, it could boost your confidence. That, that's something McCann was so good at was just complimenting guys, especially uh-huh. young guys coming up. And I think good leaders do that. But he just he knew the value of complimenting guys and boosting their pumping their ego up a little bit, telling them how good they were. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, something like that happens where Verlander has the respect for you to, to really trust your feedback as another major league hitter, um, put, putting you on his level like that. I mean, that's huge. I bet he's pretty fired up. Uh, Orioles reliever Richard Blyer was there, and he uh, he was throwing BP to Paul Goldschmidt. And he said, Goldie told me stuff I never thought of before, and I've been pitching for 13 years. He goes, that stuff, that's stuff you can't – get throwing bullpens said how often do you get competitive at bats with feedback (laughs) it's honestly man it's the only feedback you get because you can work all off season and think you're nasty and think everything's locked in and then just go out there and find out this pitch you've been working on you know your new grip Uh on your slider it's just pure doo-doo and then guys the hitters (laughs) the bats never lie right i mean you can you can be as convinced as you want as feel as good as you want you never really get feedback until a hitter steps in the box so that just goes back to how important it is to be really having competitive at-bats for, for everybody right now. Goldsmith played first base in both of those nine-inning games that they had down there, by the way. So He's ready. Yeah. Um, yeah you just don't know what guys – you know, that's that's going to be the difference maker too is you got some guys doing that and you got other guys just throwing bullpens in their backyard. Yeah. It's all going to hit them fast. There's not going to be a lot of time to, to really prepare. So, you know – Moving on to another story, Kenny Kenny Rosenthal wrote a story today about something that we've discussed um, quite a bit, and it, it, it's it's the fact that you know there's been so much discussion and debate on whether the you know even if they approved of a plan, whether MLB should play, you know, because of the safety concerns and all that. There's all kinds of arguments on both sides, but Kenny wrote uh, something that we've talked about. He said, what if something goes, basically said, what if something goes horribly wrong? And I, yeah. And like I've said, I'm not really worried about players because if a player no. gets it, the worst that's going to happen, he's probably going to be sick for a couple of weeks, you know, and come back fine after he's been, you know, and, and he might not even show symptoms. So there's, there's plenty right. of people that get it and don't even show symptoms. 
those aren't the people I'm worried about. I'm worried about the managers, coaches, 60-year-old guys, Dusty Baker's over 70 that have had, and he's had multiple health issues. Some of them have, have dealt with prostate cancer, other forms of cancer, heart heart problems. Uh, you know, uh, there's just, there's several, there's a bunch of guys, high profile guys that, that have dealt with some stuff. And so far, all of them are going to manage or coach and, and, and all the players that have had underlying conditions that we know about are all playing. So, but I think Rose, about Wash a lot, Washington, Ron Washington. I've thought about Wash. He yeah, being a heavy a smoker, yeah. mid sixties. But Dusty Baker, I didn't realize he's had so many issues, and he's you know seventy one or two. Um, but you know, even and then some younger guys too. But uh, Kenny wrote, if tragedy occurs, people will ask why baseball invited such a risk, accuse the sports leadership of being motivated by greed, point fingers in every which direction. Even though some club officials believe that high risk people might be safer working under the league's health and safety protocols than they would be living outside the sports bubble. And that's a good point. I mean, yeah. Who's to you say with the all grocery the store too? Yeah. The grocery store, the barbershop, a restaurant. Who's to say you, when you go to the restaurant, you're leaving a lot of stuff into other people's hands, you know, trusting that a lot of people are, are following the protocols too. At least baseball, you have a better idea that they are following. Them. So I, I can see both sides of that. But there's zero chance anybody applies that logic if they're given the chance to, you know, blame the league for right. for something like that happening. No, I think no. that's the that's the main risk too. Is just the PR wise how bad it Nightmare. looked. And it, you know, I I thought about it that I, I know I can't remember who it was. A coach said he was uh, Chili Davis is gonna uh, he's a hitting coach for the Mets. He's gonna yeah. stay home. Um, but I wouldn't blame any coach or anybody you know past fifty or you know that's that's been in the game and. Mm-hmm. But it, it comes down to it, man. Like, like you said, you could get it anywhere, and and these guys got to do what they love. And and how healthy is it to just be sitting at home on your ass versus get out in fresh air, in fresh air, and exercising and doing all this stuff with the team? You know, it's it's so tricky. But I can't see it going well if, if something terrible does happen. There's no clear right and wrong, obviously. Right to go about the way to go about this the, is the NF, NBA's bubble idea in Orlando. Is that going to work best? Who knows. If MLB had gone ahead with their plans, though, that they had discussed to play all the games in Arizona and Florida or (laughs) in Arizona, Florida, and Texas, those are three of the four or five highest uh, rates right now, spikes right now of COVID-19. So it's a good thing they did not make all those plans or they would look really foolish right now. So they'd be they'd be coming up with a new plan, I think. And I think that's that's the main thought process probably is like it's just your chances are the same everywhere in the country right now. So might as well be, you know, in your home home state where you have the most control over everything and yeah. guys don't have to be living in a hotel. So most are all NBA MLB teams right now will play in their home parks. And that means travel, even though they've significantly reduced the travel demands by having only the East teams play other East division opponents in their league and the other league and central play on central opponents, et cetera. There's still going to be travel, so you're still going to be on airplane flights. You're still going to be moving from city to city in sealed tubes, uh, <laughs> breathing the same air, whether that's on on planes or Train, buses, buses or trains. Yeah. Uh, so if one person has COVID nineteen, everyone else in that space could be exposed. You know, obviously. Um. So I think following the protocols, and and Tyler Flowers said this: wearing the mask when you're not on the field. All of that, and, Ron, and Wash said it too, Ron Washington. That's going to be probably the thing that dictates whether the M- MLB can get through a 60-game season and the postseason without major outbreaks. Uh, 
and also give it the best chance of avoiding the kind of catastrophic illness or, or even death, <laughs> good Lord, yeah. by, by someone in a uniform or someone otherwise employed by a team and as part of the traveling party or everyday operations at the ballpark. Well, I mean, yeah, and it is definitely motivated by money. There's a lot yep. of money on the line, and uh, I, I think both sides industry. are both sides are willing to risk it. Yeah, and no other sport is shut down. So, no. you know, are you going to be the sport that shuts down? And then it's not like baseball can afford to take another PR hit right now. So there'd be a few people that would praise them for it. There'd be more people that would dump on them for it. You know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, Kenny wrote that many inside the sport are skeptical that people will remain as diligent once they leave the field. Uh, even if veterans succeed at kind of self-policing the active roster, that the peer pressure will not necessarily extend to the, say, the alternate training site or everybody's homes, obviously, where the rest of the 60-man pool is going to be at the alternate training site, including younger prospects. And, you know, those guys, like you said, are a phone call away from joining the big league team. So they have to stay on top of it, too, and stay clean down there. Yeah, there's no people good. harder to tell what to do than professional athletes. <laughs> you still world revolving around them too. So I mean, I yeah. could see, I could see guys messing up and doing it. But even if if you're on that 60 man player pool, you know, if you're anywhere in there, if you're on the taxi squad, you got a chance to play in the major leagues maybe two years early. Are you really? I mean, it, yeah. Obviously, guys, guys are going to mess up. It's it's a given. But if I was in that position, I would take it pretty serious. Like this might be my chance to get up there. And sometimes, man, a guy gets up to the big leagues before he's supposed to and, and goes off mm-hmm. and, and makes a name for himself and starts his career early. I mean, there's a lot riding on it in, in that sense where you could really speed up your career this year by performing against the top talent and putting up numbers. So you'd, you'd hope guys take it serious, but I mean, I have no doubt there's going to be some guys going out, you know, guys are going to get that itch to, to do some things and not just want to sit in their house, just like the rest of the country. So yeah. We'll see. And, uh, and and the other hand, on the other hand, like you said, you, you could uh you get a chance to start your career early potentially. What about if you're a prospect, you're at that sixty you're you're at the satellite camp and you test positive and exactly. you can't you can't pinpoint nobody else on the team has tested positive, so you didn't get it at camp, and then you have to you know, and they're gonna ask you, where were you? and all this and you say, you know, I I went out to this restaurant or this bar, you know, and because they're going to ask you because they're going to want to tell people that we're there. You got you need to get tested too. So how bad is that going to look if you if you? Well, admit it's going to it's going to reflect really poorly on your character. Yeah. And and if there's anything I know about baseball, that the first question anybody ever asks about you isn't how good is he. You know, they can look up your stats. They want to know what kind of guy you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so if an organization has a guy, they'd be pretty harsh. They probably you know they probably send him home. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't if if he went out to a bar or did something he wasn't supposed to. They said just take your ass home. You know, you're not, you're not serious about it. And that's the worst, um, that's kind of the worst tag you'd want put on yourself is, right. is a bad attitude or a careless type of dude, especially right now when, when there's so many hoops you have yes. to jump through just to play this season. Um, so, I mean, that, that weighing over guys will, will probably weigh on them pretty heavy too. And I got to figure that there's going to be some pretty stern talks about how seriously right. to take it all, um, especially for the younger guys. Yeah, I would, I would imagine they'd give them the message, look, we, we showed how much we think about you, how highly we think of you, having yeah. you on this team. Do it right. So don't go out and screw this up. You know, you can afford to follow these protocols strictly for two or three months. It's your career we're talking about. Yeah, if you go Good. out and get it and then yeah. you lie to us, you know, we're going to find out because somebody that's at that bar or whatever's going to tell us you were there. 
Yeah, so don't. The other hard part is trying to control family members. Oh yeah, that's another whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's this thing's. It. I mean, it's. <laughs> if you ask me, it's like it's it's fifty fifty if they make it through a month of the season. House of Cards, you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, but like we said, what's the alternative, man? I mean, you uh, gotta try. They think they've established the best protocols possible after consulting, you know, with health and government officials. And if adjustments need to be made, they've also said as they go along, they're going to be up. They're going to, uh, including moving a team's home home games to another city if they have to. MOB is going to be flexible, and they have to be. It's, it's got to be fluid. Yeah. So everyone knows there are going to be some positive tests. That's why they have sixty player pools for a. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's more than twice the number of players you need. Yeah. So. Um, everybody knows there's going to be po- there's going to be some positive tests, and that's why they're going to be able to rotate guys in and out. You know the the, the DLs the ILs ten days, not fifteen. Um, there's a special IL for COVID nineteen. You know you can put more guys on the sixty if you need to as you go along. You just can't bring those guys back. You can bring back COVID nineteen guys. So that's the that's the distinction. Yeah, from the IL, you can't bring other guys back at leave or other, just leave um, or get or get dropped you know, from because they're not performing or whatever. Um, Kenny wrote, no one knows the number of positive cases that were, would require a team and possibly the sport to shut down. Is it 15, 20, 25? MLB is not given an answer and it might not know the answer. I think it's probably true. They're, I think that's, I think that's really likely that, I mean, it, it's just going to be a play it by ear thing. And it, it, what if it's four or five teams that it happens on in, in the first couple of weeks, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. it could get messy in a hurry. So that's why it's just like you're going to have to when when camp starts and and the workouts start you're going to have to really stress how important it is that that guys you know take their extracurricular activities pretty serious. Yeah, but like I said, I'm not worried about the, the regular players. I'm worried about the older guys or the guys like you know Duvall with diabetes, but the older guys especially. Uh, Kenny noted that eight out of ten COVID nineteen deaths in the U S. so far reported in the U S. have been adults age 60, uh, 65 and older. According yeah. to the CDC, um, the Twins this week—you mentioned Chili Davis. The Twins this week became the first team to ask a couple of coaches to stay back. They—they uh, they told bullpen coach Bob McClure, who's sixty-eight, and coach Bill, another major league coach, Bill Evers, who's sixty-six. They told them to stay at home because of concern for the health and safety. Uh, both of them are healthy right now. Evers had colon cancer surgery in two thousand six, but he's been cancer-free since then. So, I mean. Other than that, I don't think that they know of any underlying conditions, but they will remain part of the team. They'll be on the staff, earn their full salaries, and contribute on Zoom on Zoom calls. Yeah, that's what that's what Chili said he's doing. He's just coaching from a mm-hmm. coaching from a distance, which I mean that's going to be hard and frustrating too. Trying yeah. to give guys tips and you only get a two D view of them. You know, he's going to be looking at a camera of them hitting. But I mean, there's just that those are your options right now, and everybody's going to yeah. have to make do. The Twins wanted to reduce the chances of them getting COVID-19, obviously, and also ease the concerns of people yeah. that are worried about them. So that's that's yeah. valid, too. Yeah, I mean, some of these coaches, what they put their body through, you know, the drinking, the stimulants, and all that stuff when they were playing, yeah. and like, their, their systems are pretty damn tough, I feel like, but you don't know if that's going to hold up against a virus like this. The Braves are among the many teams uh, that are taking a kind of a different approach, stopping short of mandating that high-risk employees can't participate um, they're going over the 101-page booklet of health and safety protocols with those individuals, at-risk individuals, and providing confidential access to medical professionals 
while making it clear the team will fully support a choice any of them might make to opt out, opt out at any point. Yeah. Yeah, and the high-risk people, anybody that's got like health concerns, they still get paid, right? Yes. Yeah, if yeah. you opt out, players too. If you opt out, you get players get full salary and uh, full service time if they're if they're high risk. So that the major sense. league schedule is going to provide uh, daily structure, obviously, and the protocols will kind of transform ballparks into cocoons. But they can't obviously prevent everything, like you said. The the families, guys with families, interaction with people outside this kind of self imposed bubble. Um, Terry Francona, that's another one I was thinking about because he's, you know, remember he had to start wearing that. He was the first to start wearing hoodies because of circulation problems he has in his arms and everything, because he had a cardiac ablation in 2017 and has a history of blood clots and pulmonary embolisms. So Jesus. And, yeah. Yeah. He's had, and he's, he's, he's managing Dusty Baker, 71. He has a uh, hypertension type two diabetes. He had prostate cancer in one and was hospitalized with an irregular heartbeat and a mini stroke in 2012. He intends to manage. Might be his last shot at winning a World Series. So, um, so you know, it's there's going to be a lot, a lot of stuff to watch. In addition to the games, people are going to be worried about a lot of things. But you know, it's important that everybody just kind of grasp the importance of protecting everybody around them and not just thinking about themselves. Yeah, it's going to be so damn nice to watch some baseball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be crossing fingers and knocking on wood and. <laughs> Just get to the games and start them, you know? I think <laughs> yeah. everybody feel better when the games just get started and they actually know yeah. this is happening, man. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, the fans that just go on Twitter, every time something happens, every time it spikes in a city or, you know, that uh, during the negotiations and, and when guys opted out, a few guys, four guys have opted out. Every time something happens, somebody goes on Twitter and says, just cancel the season. You know, it's just not that – it's not that simple, though, man. It's a $10 billion industry. And you can't just take a year off and just return in 2021 and expect people to flock back to the stadiums. And you don't even know for sure if everything's going to be fine in 2021 by the spring. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, you know, a, an entire year without baseball, even if you just get whatever we get this year, you know, mm-hmm. just to keep the game going, keep it alive and the, the money involved, everything like that. I can't, I couldn't see them just canceling it unless they're left with just, you know, Unless it's just so bad that, yeah. Well, I don't see that happening because they are going to take all the proper protocols, and you just got to rely on guys to do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, you can't be the only major sport that cancels too. I mean, if you do that, you're going to be like, what? You couldn't forge ahead like the other ones do. So, well, good luck seeing what football does. I know, man. You know, it's not a sport that can really afford to have much more long-term damage PR-wise and everything. It's, you know, after the recent labor negotiations and with the CBA coming up at the end of next year, yeah, they don't need to take any more PR hits. They need to go out and play 60 games, play them well, make it exciting, and then have a great postseason. And you can do it. I think you could correct a lot of the negatives and damage that's been done to the sport so far. So but we've talked about it. Honestly, I think it could be great, man. I think it yeah. could be they stay healthy. It could be fun watching the scramble, the 60-game scramble. We're just starting the season, you know, uh, everybody's tied up in July. That never happens. You know, you got yeah. 60 games left. The chaos of it, for me, I'm really looking forward to watching because I think there's just going to be, you know, the sense of urgency is going to have to be extremely high. But 
the chaos of, you know, a team starting off 10 and 0 that's just not even good trying to hold on to it and another team losing a couple yes. guys, you know, the Nationals lose a couple guys and all of a sudden, you know, they wouldn't have made the playoffs in a 60 game season last year. So watching all that unfold, I mean, it could be some serious drama and, and good entertainment for the fans. And watching managers, you're going to see some managers uh, and bench coaches and pitching coaches. You know, you're going to see some good ones. The decisions are going to uh, they're going to matter. matter. Yeah, it's and you're going to be able to tell which managers are are feeling the tight ass too, right? You know, from day one, because there's no time to let let this guy work his things out. There's going to be a lot of quick hooks on on starting pitchers and relievers, and right, yeah, it, and, it's going to be. It's going to be stressful for everybody. And some manager who panics and leaves like a, a Scherzer in for seven innings when he should, you know, in his first start because he's pitching well, and then he gets yeah. hurt. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's yeah. a lot of things that go into this. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about David Ross the other day. Um, uh-huh. Just text him to see how he's doing because, you know, this is his first year managing. Oh, my God. And he's initially – yeah, initially he said, you know, that spring training was kind of so overwhelming and there's so much new to him at the time that the initial layoff kind of gave him a chance to calm down and breathe. Uh-huh. But I, I'm watching him now like I would hate for this to be my first season managing trying to, <laughs> you know, he's just getting your feet wet, you know, and in, in, in this atmosphere is going to be, you know, he's going to have his work cut out for him this year. But I thought about him, like, man, what a tough year to start managing. In your first year, you get thrown something that guys who've no managed, dealt with. <laughs> managed for 30 years have never had to deal with. Yeah, yeah. And then it'll be like, when you get through it, it'll be like, next year you come to spring training, to be like, everything you did last year, just forget it because it won't apply to this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're learning all over again. Anyway, it's going to be interesting. And cross your fingers, knock on wood, whatever you have to do to uh, hopefully to get this thing going. Three weeks of workouts beginning tomorrow. Um, the Braves are beginning Friday, rather. The Braves will be in camp beginning today. <laughs> today is Friday, right? Yeah. So the Braves will be in camp and three weeks at Truist Park, and then they're going to play. We don't have a schedule yet. That'll come out next week because they've been scrambling because they didn't even literally know where some teams for sure were going to play because, you know, if the Blue Jays are playing in Toronto, it's different than if the Blue Jays are playing in Dunedin as far as setting the schedule of all the other teams that have to play them. And there was five hour flight. Yeah. Yeah. And there were cases like that with in, in other divisions too. So they're waiting as, you know, they waited as long as they reasonably can. And it's not like you're selling tickets anyway, so they could afford to, you know, they can wait. So they are. Yeah, there's no rush to get that out there. That, yeah. I, I hope they live stream the workout. So I hope, I mean, if I was running a team, I'd just put one of those BP cams up. Man, and it, just sure let's be, see. it should be smart, wouldn't it? I just let people get a view of their players and, and things the guys are doing and on the site. Just put up one behind the home plate at the workout at the at the ballpark. Put some mics on guys and give like a five second delay. You know, let the whole thing kind of play out just to give people something to look at. Even go baseball. crazy. Do a split yeah. screen. Have one at the alternate site as well. Yeah, yeah. that'd be pretty cool. That gets to watch it. That a lot of people would keep that on. Yeah, I would. I would for sure. All right. Well, I'll be at the ballpark. With my binoculars telling you what's going on, what I can see. <laughs> yeah, he wants you live stream it. <laughs> I can't get close enough to live stream it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't zoom in on your iPhone? Yeah, I don't think so. Not not well enough. I think you do. It'll be grainy. <laughs> I'll try it. I'll better do it a little nothing. bit. I'll It'll do it be a little better bit. than nothing. Yep. All right. Well, we'll talk to you again uh, next week after a weekend of workouts. Let you know what's going on with the Braves and everything else. See ya. See ya. See ya.